Sometime. Actually, I just turned 9.30. Perspective. Exactly. So, for this week. Um, we have Westgate Farmers Market coming up this coming weekend. I know it's Labor Day weekend, but they're still doing it. If you'd like to show up to help out, talk to people, whatever, uh, we're there from 8 to noon. 9 to noon, sorry. I'm there at 8 to set up. Um, <laughs> We also have Recovery Dharma meetings that started back in person. Simon is leading our Recovery Dharma group. Recovery Dharma is a group that does addiction recovery for all sorts of addictions, so there's alcohol, drugs, um, pretty much anything, any eating, um, from a Buddhist perspective. So uh, those meet on Monday and Friday at 7 p.m. And there's also a group online that meets on Thursdays at noon on Zoom. <coughs> and the Zoom meeting is on our website and our Facebook page. Um, let me see here, anything else? Nothing else for right now. Just kind of put on your on your calendar of your mind that later in the fall, probably the end of September, beginning of October, we'll be doing another uh, front yard cleanup to prune down the bushes so that they're no longer higher than me, uh, taller than me. I way too long. Um, <laughs> and also plant some things that need to be planted in the fall after the heat of summer gets past us. Uh, and then, Tuesday nights, we have still our meditation classes. We, uh, we rotate through four meditation styles, one each week. Uh, next week is, actually next week is the, or this coming week is the fifth Tuesday. We wouldn't normally be having a class, but everything got pushed a week because I had to miss a week. 
So we'll be doing just the meditation, which is what we do here. Uh, then we rotate through meditation for stress relief, focused meditation like build, candle, and breath, uh, movement meditation, and then just sitting meditation every Tuesday at 7 p.m. We do that from a secular perspective, so we're not teaching it as Buddhist meditation, but rather as meditation for everyone. If you know people who might be interested, please let them know and uh, tell them they're welcome. Uh, we're getting about two or three people right now, but it's slowly growing, so hopefully we'll be up a little bit in future weeks. Anyone online have any announcements? Hey, good morning, everybody. I'll make my standard weekly announcement. I host a, I facilitate a weekly re recovery Dharma meeting online on Zoom, and the link is on the um, on the COCPB website. Thank you. Body, space, and mind in perfect harmony. I send my heart along with the sound of this bell. May all who listen to it be called to mindfulness and transcend anxiety and sorrow.
service begins on page two. May the fruit acquired by our practice extend to all living beings. We live in the universe connected to all beings. There are those who are in need of physical healing. May they receive the care and medicines for their healing. There are those who are in need of mental and emotional healing. May they receive the care and medicines for their healing. Among this community, we have the following intentions. Kelsey and Brian have died. Their families left behind. For all those killed and suffering violence, both in Afghanistan and throughout the world and here at home. Thanksgiving with Danny on his birthday. May we hold these thoughts in our minds throughout the coming week. We are aware that our interconnection can extend through space and time, and we send our desire for protection to all. Like the Bodhisattva of compassion, we hear and respond to those in need. For the Heart Sutra, we're going to do alternate number two on page eight. Although we do it so often, it should be our standard now. <laughs> All things are insubstantial and fleeting. My, my body is insubstantial and fleeting. My mind, my perceptions, my thoughts, my consciousness, all these are insubstantial and fleeting. This is the perfect wisdom. This is the release from suffering. To resonate in receptive emptiness, fixed on nothing, secure in nothing, clinging to nothing, assuming nothing, believing nothing, expecting nothing, excluding nothing, fearing nothing, resisting nothing, isolated from nothing, independent of nothing, always moving, moving forward with the ceaseless flow of the present. This is Nirvana. And for the reading today, I want to read from just a short segment of a writing of the Karmapa Lama on gratitude. Now, he uses the term gratitude. I think he's talking about the same thing that I'm talking about when I say shared joy or mudita. He says, gratitude is a value of interdependence. It is an inner orientation that aligns us emotionally with the outer reality of our lives, bringing heart and mind together Gratitude is an affective state that can be produced by an awareness of interdependence. We identify interdependence at work and train ourselves to respond to that awareness with gratitude. Like other values of interdependence, gratitude can lead us from awareness to feelings and eventually can culminate in action. moment we are renewed. May we realize our unity with the universe and be at peace. In this moment we are renewed. May we realize our unity with the universe and are at peace. So I want to talk today about what those of you who've been here for a while knows one of my favorite topics, this concept of mudita, which is a Pali word meaning shared or sympathetic joy. It's sharing in the joy of others. So joy at the joy of others, rather than joy for something that happened to us. Mudita is one of the Brahma Viharas, or the sacred dwelling places. Uh, along with loving kindness, compassion, and equanimity. Thank you, equanimity. 
I always forget that one for some reason. Even yeah. though I try to be a columnist. Uh, so the Brahma Viharas are, could be thought of as characteristics of an awakened mind. And these are the four uh, characteristics that they share. Now, usually when we think of interconnection, interdependence, we're taught to think of it in terms of sharing the pain of others, of identifying with the suffering of others and taking that on. And that's what we do through loving kindness and compassion. Um, I like to concentrate on mudita because quite honestly, I think that sympathy for the suffering of others is a rather natural way of acting as a human being. Not only as a human being, we see it in elephants, we see it in uh, the great apes, we see it in many animals. The sympathy to suffering of others is very natural to us. Think of when natural disasters strike any country. People all over the world reach out and they donate and they offer prayers, even if we might be enemies with that country. But how often do we do the same thing in joyous circumstances? How often do we share in the joy of others that we're not, that aren't in our little circle of intimates? When a friend gets a promotion, a friend, friends we're usually happy for, but when an acquaintance gets a promotion at work, are we joyfully happy for them without that niggling sensation in the back of our mind going, damn, I should have gotten that promotion. If we are, then we're feeling mudita. Mudita also is the, the basis in kind of the mystical Buddhist cosmology Mudita is the basis for the future Buddha, the coming of the future Buddha, Maitreya. Now, Maitreya is often depicted as the, the laughing Buddha or the happy Buddha, the big, fat, jolly guy. Uh, and I'm going to diverge, as I always do. You all would know who was talking if I didn't make a divergence down a rabbit hole. I give. Uh, talks on TikTok about Buddhism. Buddhist underscore Rev, if you'd like to follow. I'm trying to get up to a thousand so I can give live talks. Um, but in one of my talks, I got a comment back from a guy that said, very appropriate you're teaching on Buddhism. You look like the Buddha. <laughs> now, I know he was talking about my rather rotund physique, but I took it as a great compliment because that's what I tried to embody is that joy in Buddhism, that joy in identifying and interconnecting with other people. Um, and you find so much good in it when you start to truly feel joy for the joy of others. You see yourself smiling and laughing so much more often, even when you have a resting bitch face like I do. <laughs> Still, you express joy much more often. And that is so good for yourself, because when you're expressing joy, when you're feeling joy, you're moving beyond sorrow and suffering. So try to think, take a moment when you hear of things happening that make other people joyful. And try to reach out, like you do with sympathy, reach out with sympathetic joy and feel their joy yourself. Now, I will give a caveat here. 
we don't have to feel the sympathetic joy in all situations. Situations where someone is feeling joy because harm is being caused to another person or group of people is not a joy that we either should or want to share. So it's not unrestrained joy and all the joy that other people feel. But generally speaking, those events are pretty slim in the world of others feeling joy. You hear news of happiness, share in that the same way that you feel sympathy in situations of natural disasters or problems occurring to other people. Uh, two quick comments. The first is I think the easiest place to see and do that is with small children. Yeah. Um, anytime a baby laughs, um, everyone in the whole room lights up and laughs and pays attention to what's going on. Um, secondly, at least for me personally, when I was, we'll say preteen and a teen, I remember feeling a lot more jealousy than I do the older I get. And I think I, there's a mindset that there's only so much joy and happiness and so if someone else is having some that's less for you and um, I've learned that that's not true and I often can kind of tell the people who still have that mindset um, and actually when you're able to feel the joy of others more fully because you recognize that the world is an abundant place and there's an abundance of love and joy for everyone, um, it's a lot easier to, to share in it. Yeah. Yeah, joy is not a pie. Someone else having the slice doesn't take away your slice. There is such an abundance of both the opportunity for compassion and sympathetic joy in the Paralympics right now. Whenever I see one of those people succeed or not succeed, um, the stories that lead up to the event and the, the, the drama is so, so affecting. Um, I just think it, it thought of that as, as you were speaking. I also wanted to share um, in thinking about Mudita sympathetic joy in the context of the four Brahma Viharas, um, the four immeasurables, um, again, um, um, now I'm going to forget the first one. <laughs> Loving kindness. Loving kindness, thank you. Compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. That um, I think of loving kindness as being in the moment and generating car good karma and then sympathetic joy and compassion is kind of being two sides of the same coin. As we are in that moment, there, are, there is suffering and there is joy. And we share that as, um, to the extent that we share any moment. And then equanimity is the acceptance that that moment, whether it is a happy moment or a sad moment, is um, impermanent. And in that way, I, 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 I uh, unify the, the four measurables, uh, the four Brahma-Bahamas in my practice. I like that. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I thought you started to say something. No, I was, I was just making a smart aleck comment earlier. <laughs> 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 you said joy is not a pie. I said, but pie brings me joy. <laughs> I will say I had not heard of the concept of Mudita before today, but it's 
it's funny that you mentioned social media because I, I think I really tend to seek it out there. Um, I am pretty active on TikTok and Reddit. And Reddit in particular has a subreddit that's one of my absolute favorites called Made Me Smile. Mm -hmm. And all it is is um, inspiring stories about good things happening to other people. And it's just, when I'm in a bad mood, that's the first thing I go for, Made Me Smile. So I can feel joy at other people's good fortune and joy. So. Yeah, one of the TikTokers I follow, uh, he posts what's called good news. And every one of his posts is looking up some little bit of good news that never got transmitted through uh, regular media. Uh, yeah, I've, I can't say I've never understood the, the whole uh, issue around uh, social media depression. I, I understand it, and I know where it comes from, but I don't I have a hard time identifying with it, because like you, that's not what I use social media for. I use social media to see that, oh, my friends went on vacation, that's wonderful. That doesn't make me feel depressed that I didn't go on vacation. It makes me feel happy for them that they went on vacation and that I can see these things that they're seeing. Uh, so yeah, it, it is, and, and that's another way that it helps in our lives, is it helps ameliorate that feeling of depression because good things are happening to other people, and change that into joy that abides in us as well. One thing that I've tried to work on is that I'm very quick to give verbal, like to verbally say, oh, this is wonderful, this is happening for you, but to embody it, to feel those emotions of joy for someone else doesn't usually happen automatically. So I'll say, oh, this is wonderful, I'm so happy for you, this is great, but I never take a moment to actually feel that same emotion that they're feeling. So it's harder to relate to someone with that. So it's something that I've been trying to work on in my own personal Yeah, that's a good way to do the practice. If you're having a hard time feeling it, at least say it. Yeah. <laughs> and the more you say it, the more you, the more you it kind of creeps it. in and yeah. begins yeah. to actually occur. Yes. <laughs> Take it till you make it. Exactly. There, there's, there is great validity in fake it till you make it. <laughs> I wanted to add, there's a word in Yiddish that is pretty much in shared joy, which is nakas, or, uh, or uh, nakas. Uh, it's kind of like a communal joy that everybody feels when something good happens for someone. So that's kind of similar, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of philosophies have that concept, but for some reason, like in Buddhism, it, it doesn't get the emphasis that I don't know what it is, but when we walk into a, a temple or a church or a synagogue or any other house of worship, we suddenly feel like, oh, we should be solemn and subdued. That's not what any of these philosophies are about. They're about joy. <laughs> Any other comments online? I think this this is one that can be difficult for some because we live in a society where like life itself is a competition, you know, and it's for a lot of people it's about have having the new cool car and having the big house and having the clothes and having going on all these vacations. I think it, it, it's difficult also when you have a small percentage of, of society holds most of the wealth and has luck for being able to have all those things. And if you're someone who is, you know, is working yourself to death and you're just barely getting by and you see like your boss or some famous person, it's like, oh look, they're on, they're on vacation in Bali again. And, and here I am stuck at home and working because I'm, I can barely get by. I think it's, 
it's difficult to to feel that. No, I think if you if if you walked outside the door of the center now and found some random homeless person and tried to talk to them about this topic, they would probably have have a difficult time with that. Some would. Yeah, I, I agree. And in general, I agree with your statement that it is difficult in a, a competitive society to feel that way. Um, Simon brought up the Paralympics. Look back at the Olympic Games and our emphasis on counting the number of golds that every country got and only emphasizing the gold. But then look at the athletes themselves and people who finished a race sixth or eighth but beat their personal best time. They're celebrating. Right. They're happy. People who just made the competition because their country had never had someone in that competition before. They're thrilled simply to be there. And so we need to try to let go of that ranking. Uh, the greatest teaching of the Buddha to me is his teaching in the Athikabhaga where over and over again through those 16 discourses he tells us not to feel superior or inferior or even equal to. And we kind of get a Honestly, most philosophies tell us don't feel superior or inferior. As far as I know, the Buddha's the only one who threw in, or even equal to. Because he's saying all ranking causes division and suffering. So even saying that we are all equal is still putting a ranking in there. Because you can't be equal if there's no ranking. So he's saying, get rid of that concept altogether. And it's, I think it's when we do that, or begin to work on that, that it becomes easier to feel bodhita. Because we're not inferior to someone else. We're not equal to someone else. We simply are who we are. Now, I also have a story from Chad's comment the first time I visited India, uh, I was being driven around Delhi because Buddha forbid that I should ever take a wheel in Delhi. I'm not mm -hmm. going to do it. And there were homeless families living under bridges. But the women of those families had brooms and they were sweeping their space. Mm -hmm. And they had spread out rugs and fabric to decorate those spaces. So homelessness itself is suffering. I'm not questioning that at all. We need to do something about it. But joy can be felt everywhere. And when I saw that, and saw these women uh, washing their saris so they would be as clean as possible, and feeling good putting on a clean sari, even though they're walking down the road and living under a bridge. I'm like, that woman is feeling joy in her situation. Regardless of her situation, right, regardless she's of feeling her situation. joy. Not, not, well, it's simply feeling it in her situation, as it is right now. This is what it is right now. So let me feel the joy I can. Let me have the beauty that I can. That's a wonderful Also add, when you see a lot of um, third world countries and you give the kids a soccer ball and they're happy <laughs> as can be for hours on end playing with a soccer ball, I think um, in our country of abundance, we only see what we don't have. And when you don't have much and you're given something, you feel more joy and learn to appreciate it more. 
Yeah, and uh, the other thing to that is we have a tendency to judge everything based on our own standards. Oh, goodness, this place looks run down and dirty. Step back for a minute. Maybe it doesn't look that way to the people who live there. And who are we to say what is run down and dirty? The same people may be looking at our cities going, what horrible places I couldn't live there. All the rushing around and the crowds. And how can people live like that? Has anyone not spoken to him still like to? Um, I, I was, uh, uh, we have neighbors and friends who um, just got uh, bicycles that are electric and they're all excited because they will, they're going to go to Washington, D.C. And they said there are bike paths that take you to all the, you know, many of the museums and are not far from the White House and all that. And um, they wanted us to go with them, but for us, we would each have to buy an electric bicycle <laughs> and try it out. And um, I guess in therapies, when I learned that you can have more than one feeling at a time. So I could really feel pleased that they're doing what they had wanted to do for a very long time and at the same time being really jealous. Yeah, I think that's a good point. There's not, we're not confined to one, one feeling at a time. Uh, the important thing, and one of the things that meditation should teach us is to deal with each of those emotions and to enhance the ones that are positive and let go of the ones that are negative as much as we can. But yeah, you're right, but it's nothing wrong with saying, I'm so happy for them. I kind of wish I was going too, but I'm really happy for them. Yeah, we can do that. Okay, thanks everybody. Uh, we'll go ahead and finish up with the Bodhisattva vow on page three. Creations are numberless, I will strive to frame them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I will strive to transform them. Reality is boundless, I will strive to perceive it. The awakened way is unsurpassable, I will strive to embody it. May your thoughts, words, and actions be corrected and encompassing of the pragmatic Buddhist path. May you approach this week with deference and dignity, and may you spread your personal peace to all those you encounter. May all sentient beings have happiness in its causes. May all sentient beings be free of suffering in its causes. May all sentient beings not be separated from sorrow and bliss. May all sentient beings abide in equanimity, free of bias, attachment, and anger. Sama. Thank you all. Have a good week. Thank you. You too.